Hello, and welcome to episode two of The Tenth Man. Thank you again so much for checking it out. And uh, apologies in advance for anybody that's been listening, or I should say watching, the short clips that I've been putting on my Instagram, because I'm actually not going to be doing an episode on that topic just yet, although I do still intend to do that. But uh, in putting together my notes for that particular episode, it seemed uh, prudent for me to do this other topic, which is a topic that I had always intended to do as part of this podcast. It's actually a topic of which uh, is, is part of my motivation for doing the podcast itself. And uh, it has to do with mental health, and I think, you know, intention. In, originally, my intention was to do this this particular topic a little bit later into the podcast. But uh, as I think about it and kind of look look into it into the topic, uh, it seems like my reason for doing that is just out of uh, a sense of. I guess, apprehension about exploring it because it is a a sensitive and personal topic for me. Um, But it's it's related to depression and it's something that I've dealt with for quite some time. I know some of the people listening to this know about it and some may not. I don't exactly keep it secret, but it's not something that I openly share it's something that has existed in my life enough that it has made an impact in certain areas and it also may have an influence in the topics of upcoming episodes of this podcast so this episode may be a little bit different from some of the future episodes in which I'm actually going to go over certain topics. But on the other hand, it's not entirely different because it is... I'm going to be talking a little bit about my experience with depression, but also applying it to society and the way we look at it. So... I'll start off by saying I I am not an expert by any stretch on depression. I'm not a doctor. I haven't done extensive research on it. I only have my own frame of reference and what I do know of it. And what I know of it and what I've experienced with it do uh, line up with each other fairly well. So I I do feel that I am at least semi-qualified to discuss it, and I'm certainly fully qualified to explain my own experience. When I finally came to a point about a year ago, actually about a year and a half ago now, that I finally decided to take some real action to, to fight what was happening to me, was because I had a self-stigma of denial. And 
I certainly don't hold any stigma or any kind of bad feelings of negativity or judgment towards anybody dealing with any kind of mental health issues. I don't feel that at all. But I did feel that towards myself, and I felt a sense of shame and weakness. And so I really denied that that was there because it's that irrational logic that we have where we somehow think that if we don't look at the elephant in the corner of our room, that it's not there. And so, unfortunately for me, I think that I went without treatment a lot longer than I should have. And in retrospect, years of my life would have probably felt a lot better because I've definitely gotten a lot better in the last year since I've started taking more proactive and tangible steps to try to handle it. Now, going back to the topic that I was looking at earlier in the week when I was talking about certain words, one of the words that came up was triggered. And this word in particular was kind of what motivated me to broach this topic now because uh, triggered is something that is is very real. Now, it's used oftentimes to insult and to uh, sort of imply that somebody is having an overactive um, or I should say overreaction to some kind of stress or uh, conflict. And uh, that is certainly true, but uh, my problem with it is that uh, being triggered is a real thing and I, I've, I've uh, dealt with it personally, and it is—it's not a—it's not a joke, and it's not a weakness either. Um, it can manifest for a number of different reasons: uh, reactions to memories of grief, um, bad relationships, bad experiences, and whatever it is. And you don't have to suffer from depression to experience it. Um, but anyway, that's. That's kind of why I, I was motivated to uh, kind of tell a little bit of my story. The best way that I could describe the symptoms of depression when they were at their worst was feeling like a weight just bearing down on me, bearing down on my drive, on my energy on the things that I was interested in, and just on happiness in general. And it's it's very hard to explain, but the actual feeling of depression, but I should really say depressive symptoms, uh, is very, very close to physical pain. It's It's not exactly physical pain, but it's very... It seems like it, and it, it almost is, when you're going through it, it feels worse. And I say depressive episode because depression is not a, a catch-all experience. Um, depression, like any other disease, uh, manifests itself in many different ways, and sometimes certain symptoms flare up uh, more than other times. How I got to where I am now 
doing this podcast started about, I'd say about 18 months ago now, I definitely found myself on a bad track for a long time. And as I said before, I didn't recognize or accept the reality of it until it got to where it was really starting to get unbearable. So running became a very good uh, coping mechanism for me. Now, at one point, I was feeling especially bad uh, to the point where it was painful. And I went for one of my runs, one of my healing runs, and I came back from the run feeling worse than when I had left. And that is a single example of the trend of my coping mechanisms no longer working. Uh, One of my older therapists, uh, he had this sort of uh, analogy as uh, the symptoms of depression being a floating, you could call it just a, a floating energy and you you recognize that when you have those feelings, you you acknowledge them, and then you kind of just let them pass along. And, and for me, I would actually hold my hand up and emulate the spirit kind of fading along to the side of me and fading away. And actually, that that actually tended to work as long as it's it's like um, you know anything. I mean, people who go through addiction. 12-step programs and things like that, Uh, acknowledging the problem, acknowledging the addiction is is the first step in in handling it. And so anyway, uh, things like that, uh, running, another thing that that used to help me was taking a cold shower, Uh, that really that brisk feeling. It got to a point where I was out running with my kids in the sprinklers, and I wasn't running in the sprinklers to have fun with my kids that's just what it looked like but I was running through the sprinklers to try to make myself feel alive and uh, you know having kids definitely was an eye-opening time for me to realize the depths of my issues because here I found myself with these two greatest gifts and just not feeling happy and and wondering why I had this emptiness inside me. So on the subject of coping mechanisms, last year I decided that I would run a marathon. I had always thought that I'd like to run a marathon one day and for some reason or another I decided last year I'm going to do it. I began training... Uh, early in 2018, and sometime around mid-April, uh, I discovered uh, a lump down in my lower abdominal area, and it turned out to be a right inguinal hernia. Now, this was my second. I had had a left her- left side hernia about 10 years prior to that. So I ended up needing to have surgery for that, which obviously kind of broke up my uh, training schedule. But my problems really came to a head after that surgery. Like I said, I had definitely been uh, internally suffering for a long time. But 
having the surgery, I, I really feel like in a lot of ways, uh, saved me, uh, from myself because it really forced me to handle my issues. Um, I was put on, uh, Norco for pain after my surgery and, uh, I don't know if you've ever taken Norco, it's a very, uh, potent pain medicine and I also don't drink. So my tolerance for that may not be as high as for some others. So it made me feel quite good. And I remember there was a moment in the middle of my recovery where I was really just enjoying the effects of the, the drugs. And I simultaneously was feeling very happy and also feeling very stressed because I was already anticipating when I was going to be getting off of the medication. And sure enough, uh, now, in hindsight, I think I, I wish I had known about the idea of tapering down, but I just stopped taking my medication completely, I, I, the, the pain medication. I, I stopped taking it, and uh, I, I just stopped it abruptly. I actually I stopped it sooner than I had to. I mean, I was prescribed for I don't remember how many days, but I stopped it a pretty good amount earlier than I had to because I felt like I didn't want to take any chances of getting any kind of dependency, and I really didn't want to get too used to feeling so good, <clears throat> knowing that it was going to wear off. But it's interesting that I, in, when you feel really good, you realize the contrast to what was normal, and I realized I haven't felt good in a really, really long time. And when I stopped taking the medication, I just crashed really hard. I had the worst depressive episode by far of my life, and it, I really feel like it was a culmination of the... I mean, there may have been a slight dependency on the Norco, too, that may have been... Um, influencing it, and also just the misery at going back to the feelings that I had before just amplified whatever depressive feelings there would have been anyway. So I crashed really hard, really hard. Uh, I had never felt... I don't want to say I was suicidal... But I, I contemplated the idea in ways that I never had before. I remember sitting and imagining how, how you would do it in a way that would not make it obvious what I had done. I've had two uncles kill themselves, and I've seen the aftermath it's very, uh, it tears families apart because there's guilt involved, there's anger, resentment. Why would you do this to yourself? Why would you do this to me? So I, uh, I, I kind of, I found myself going down that line of thought and realizing that I've, I've got a history in my family of suicide, depression, alcoholism, addiction, substance abuse. 
I realized I really needed to take some serious action. So for just a quick background, uh, if you are aware of my Instagram, uh, not the 10th Man Instagram, but my actual Instagram, um, you've seen my picture of me and as my daughter. And if you notice in the picture, you'll see Syra has a band-aid going over her, uh, her left eye. The reason she has that is because on the day of my surgery... Uh, while I was in the waiting room before, uh, she had a nasty fall and cut up her eye really good. And she ended up having to go into the urgent care um, to have to have that scene at the same time that I was over in surgery. And so anyway, that's why she has that Band-Aid. And why I think that's significant is I've always felt there's a part of me and my daughter, that it, we have this connection. And it may just be um, something about daughters and something about girls being more in tune with people, where people are at and their feelings. I was sitting on my couch, and I was feeling at just the lowest of the low. And I was seeing my beautiful kids and just hating myself for not being able to appreciate and enjoy it and just sitting in my misery and self-loathing. And my daughter came up to me and, I mean, she's three now. She was about 18 months at the time. She climbed up into my lap and she just reached up and put her hands on both of my cheeks. And I was just looking at her and, and I was feeling... You know, you have to forgive me if I'm getting overly spiritual, but I really felt like she was, she was sensing where I was at and reaching out to try to heal me. So I quickly snapped this photo, which is the photo that you see on my Instagram, and she's actually grabbing my face in the picture. And you can see a smile on my face. And I, I keep that picture as a reminder of when I was at my lowest point, but also at the point where I had made the decision to get better. And so I really thank my daughter for, for, that, for that moment and for helping me take that next step. I had been seeing therapists for several years, but I, I realized I needed medication to really help me because you know as I said before the biggest problem for me was that my coping mechanisms weren't working anymore so when when the symptoms were not to the level that they became and I was doing therapy I was able to manage it to a level that I, I was at least passably uh, normal or happy but uh, again um the experience of having that Norco really, really opened my eyes to how bad it really was. You know, when you see, you know, when you feel, when you feel the kind of happiness that you haven't felt in a long time, you realize what you've been missing. 
so after that picture with my daughter and me, I went to see my doctor and I told him about what I was experiencing and I said, I, I need extra help. I need, I need something now. And so he got me on a medication and I've been taking that since then. It took a few weeks to start making noticeable changes to how I was feeling, but when, when it did, I definitely was aware and I started feeling like myself again. I started feeling like I had remembered life feeling before. And um, it definitely doesn't, it doesn't make it go away completely. It's not like a happy pill. That uh, just makes you happy and not feel the bad feelings anymore. But it really helps with the self-regulation. So that, in a very abbreviated nutshell, is my experience with depression. Now, there's a lot more beneath the surface there, obviously, but I, I don't think that it's necessary for me to go too deep and in, deeply into that, and I don't think you're particularly interested in hearing about it, at least not, not all in one podcast, I don't think. Um, and again, really this, this particular episode was more about kind of explaining my frame of reference. I, I would like to discuss mental health in general and mental health issues in future episodes. So the stigma of depression is certainly a, a topic for discussion that could take up a whole episode on its own. The other part of depression that I really want to point out before I let you go, and again, I may delve into this deeper later, is that depression and depressive symptoms do not have to have a singular catalyst. They don't have to have a single traumatic event to make them happen. Um, now that's not to say that there aren't events in my past that certainly do influence the uh, makeup of my whole emotional experience and history. Having lost my first child, again having two uncles who committed suicide and other areas in my family which again I'm not trying to go into all those details right now but this is why the surgery and the Norco was such a key element in my final acceptance that what I was dealing with was that it was more than some event making me feel this way I hope that we as a society can create a more open and healthy dialogue about mental health and that it's understood as being a real disease and not a sign of weakness. It is not something for somebody to say, what does that person have to be upset about? But when you're broken on the inside, 
It's not visible for everybody else to see. As I said in one of my short clips last week, I do hope that as a, as a society we can find a way to bring more compassion into our communication. And that's kind of the, the bigger picture of what I was kind of getting at with some of those examples of the words that I was discussing. I hope that this topic has been at least a little enlightening for you, and I hope that it will help provide some context for future episodes. Because a lot of the intention of this podcast is to discuss topics that are difficult and, as I said in the trailer, sometimes emotional, but conversations that I think are important to have. Please, if you like what you're hearing, follow me on Instagram and check out my Facebook page for updates and announcements and short video clips. Thanks again for listening, and don't be afraid to question the consensus. Thank you.